it is. All right. <laughs> See, we got ahead of the game with the beer, so we couldn't crack a beer for that. Yeah. We're going to have to get on point yeah. with that. But either way, Sons of the Hunt podcast, season two, episode two. We're going to call this one Hot Buttons. Yeah, buddy. Because we're going to get opinionated and we're going to get people riled up tonight. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Un- unnecessarily. No one has to be riled up. No, no, no. We, we don't got to be stupid about it. Yeah. But, you know, let's, you know let, let's be cool about it. But honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a hot button. It's hot button, man. Hot button you know, issues, man. Yeah, hot button issues. There's a lot going on. Uh, what's up, Ben Schmidt? Thank you very much for joining us. Um, we're just looking to see what everybody's thoughts are on the uh, – Pennsylvania Game Commission decisions, well, they're not official yet. They have to be voted in on the spring. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of turbulence and a lot of, uh, a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, animosity. Yeah, animosity is a good way to putting it. So, uh, you know, it's very polarizing. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, with the moving the rifle opener from the Monday, the traditional Monday opener, uh, and backing that up to the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are flipping out over that. Uh, Mark and I both have our opinions on that, but we'd like to hear what you guys have to think about it. Um, you know, we want to talk a little bit. We're going to touch on Sunday hunting. Sunday hunting, yeah. Um, and, you know, what our thoughts are on that. So, again, we're welcoming your thoughts on that, what you think. Pros, cons, yay or nay. Uh, a couple other things we're going to get into here. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about... Um the possibility of semi-automatic weapons during yeah. rifle season for yep. big game, which, you know, again, it could go either way. It is kind of 50-50. All the decisions it seems like that they're making this year have the hunting community split right down the middle. Yeah, pretty riled up. And I, I don't remember a time when there's been so much uh, insanity. I mean, well, social media plays a big role in that. You know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, David Creasy, what's up, buddy? How are you? Good to see you, man. Yeah, Steve Wright. What's going on? Yeah, we were getting some people joining in on us now. Uh, digging it. Um, but, yeah, we're just trying to get everybody's opinion on, on you know, a lot of the things that are going on with the uh, decisions that the Game Commission are making. So uh, a lot of stuff happening, man. So, you know, uh, I guess here we go. Uh, I believe the Game Commission should push for Sunday hunting before the Saturday opener. Uh, well, John, that's a that's a great idea. I agree with you. Um, the Sunday hunting thing, though, is a legislative thing. That's yeah. not so much the game commission. They the whole thing with Sunday hunting is um, they're trying to push to get the uh, game commission have control of that type of stuff. Because right now the legislation controls the you know the days that we can hunt. And, um, you know, the game commission can control pretty much what we hunt on those days. So it gets a little gray area there. Um, but that's the thing. We're trying to get the game commission control uh, of those decisions. You know, I mean, geez, we don't we don't ask uh, biologists to write tax laws. Right. So why right. should we have so legislators controlling our hunting laws and game laws? You know, the, it, it, and yeah, it, it makes it difficult and contentious for biologists to get what they want out of the state. I mean, and that's, that was the one big thing we were talking about earlier. Um, ever since the, the, the laws were proposed and, and through the first round passed, we've been talking a lot about, I mean, the two of us back and forth about how the state actually works from 
a biologist perspective. The, you know, there's, there's a team of biologists that basic, are essentially creating a game plan for the state. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a huge state, and you can't have a blanket plan that will fix everything. So, I mean, before anyone thinks that I'm speaking out of turn or anything, I just want to say, you know, I, I do have a biology degree, and I, I did study ecology, quite a few different ecology courses. So, I mean, I do understand a lot of this, and it is extremely complicated, and I think that that gets so overlooked from the perspective of the average hunter. They, they don't really understand what's, what's behind all this and w- what the Game Commission is really pushing for. Right. So, I mean, as far as <clears throat> adding time to hunt, we, we kind of got into this about the, the numbers and the statistics. Yeah. Which we could delve into a little deeper later because <laughs> ever since this got passed and there was so much contention towards it, I just started crunching numbers. My, my, my scientific method mind went wild and I said, all right, you need to show people data, data and figures. Yeah. To make it believable and okay. for people to understand, they have something solid for like you know proof essentially. But uh, I just got a uh, message that they can't hear you too well and the feed is freezing. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. I'm watching the feed and it looks okay. That's my buddy Dave. Um. um yeah. Maybe, well, the, I'm a little closer to the mic than you are. Maybe yeah. that's part of it. Um, and I'm kind of talking into this mic. So. Yeah, and we're, we're running three mics, three computers, cell phones, tablets. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of a uh, technology overload here. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm in. But I'm thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, mentoring the Matrix. Thanks, Dave. No, thanks for the heads up, man. I appreciate it. But uh, some, some feedback we're getting. Uh, Steve Wright says, I'd rather keep opening day on Monday. Guys that have hunting camps use the Saturday and Sunday to set up their camps and spend the Friday with families. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that, that comes down to the tradition argument, you know. Um, I get it, you know. I, I've been in the Pennsylvania woods for over 30 years I've been hunting. Uh, I started hunting when I'm 12, and I'm 43. So, yeah. you know, I've been in the Pennsylvania woods a long time. So uh, if anybody gets the tradition aspect of it, it's it's me. And, and, of course, Mark, you grew up in the Pennsylvania woods with your old man hunting and stuff. And, yeah. you know, that's definitely... Uh, you know, a factor uh, that the whole, I guess, counter to that is, well, you don't really have to hunt Saturday if you don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I, I, I see this to throw it out there. I'm in favor of the Saturday opener. Um, I, I, I am too. Yeah. And I think it would be a great opportunity. Um, you know, this last fall I mentored not only a junior hunter and my son, but I also mentored a good friend of mine who's uh they call it adult onset hunting. Is that the uh, the term that they're yeah, using now? Adult onset hunting. Uh, yeah, that could be you know, it. doesn't come from a hunting family, and, you know, he's got uh, a pretty good-sized family, and he thought, you know, wh- what better way to get some uh, some good protein is start hunting. And, you know, he's just got kind of a, an interest in it. So I started uh, mentoring him and getting him out. Well, the guy's, a, you know, he's a union electrician. He can't take Monday off. Right, and that, that's that's a big thing. He just can't do it. Um, you know, if he does, he doesn't get paid and he's got a, just had a new kid, new, new baby. She's not even uh, six months old. So, you know, he's got four kids now. His time just got feed. slashed. Well, that's it. Even, so even further for somebody like him, Saturday would be clutch, uh, to get another guy out there and he has a son. So we get that guy, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a taste for the woods and he turns around and starts taking his kid out. 
you know, we got two new hunters in the mix. Right. And that's my that's my whole view on it is, you know, increasing hunter numbers, which increases license sold, which increases money that's flowing into the conservation system. And, you know, that's my take on it. You know, any opportunity we can get to get more hunters out there and to grow the numbers, man, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the whole tradition argument I understand it. You know, I, I, I get it. I was never involved in a camp that went out and, you know, we, we didn't have like a, a cabin or right, something like that. Right. I mean, yeah, I, nor did I. I was in a hunting camp, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was guys that hunted. Right. You know, I could understand, you know, if guys are wrapped up in that, it's, you have to realize that you're just wrapped up in a feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's. I understand, you know. Yeah. Things change, but you have to see the, the the forest through the trees here. That the reason you are a hunter isn't to sit in camp in a camp, right? You know, first and foremost, you're a tool for biologists to to exactly. to better the herd, essentially. You know, and it if you're a hunter, you're a conservationist, and really, that's what this is truly about. Indeed, I agree. It, it, it's hard for people to understand that because because of the tradition. People see right. hunting a lot differently than other people see. You know, some people well, take it. it just for the, the camaraderie and going out and sitting in the camp. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine. But the bigger picture, the people who govern what we're doing, their, their main goal is 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 to better the conservation absolutely you know what i mean yeah and and ensure the uh the future of of whatever game species they're focused on so you know i again i i totally sympathize with the the traditionalists out there and i get it um but you know like you said this is all about uh conservation and um you know the economics and the biology of it could honestly give two shits about tradition yeah And, and and you know it's just we're we're losing hunters at an alarming rate right now, and, and uh, you know, the baby boomer generation they're phasing out faster and faster every year, and we're, they're not being replaced. So um, any opportunity we can get, like I said, to kind of replace a little bit of that, a small percentage of that, as best we can, you know, we need that money, man. We need those licenses, uh, those sales. We need, uh, you know, uh, the uh, you know, the excise taxes that are put on ammo and bullets and archery equipment, uh, you know, that's vital. And a lot of people don't really know much about that. I mean, honestly, I think they should teach that during hunter safety. Yeah, of course. It, it should be a, bi- a bigger, you know, um, part of the course. Without a, without a doubt, it should be in the curriculum. It, you know, I guess it's okay to call it hunter safety because that's really what it is. But yeah. there should be more uh conservation and you know biology education in that because that's really why you're going out sure sure yeah i mean uh, it's one thing to be uh let's see here david actually my good friend dave has a a a question what is the average number of licenses sold now as compared to say 10 years ago that's a really good question do you have data on that yeah i thought you figured (laughs) you would i do because like i said i've been looking at numbers my Mm -hmm. my science brain it's just going crazy with this. Yeah. The way I figured out how to make a comparison here is I looked at data from Ohio 
from 2005 around to present day and then I looked at Pennsylvania data from about the same time. Last year we sold 984,000 almost upwards of 985,000 licenses in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania is marginally larger than Ohio. 46,000 square miles, something like that. Ohio yeah. is like 44. So, I mean, there there's a lot here to to follow, but if, just just hear me out really quick. So, 985,000 licenses sold in Pennsylvania. 394,000 in, in Ohio. So, you would compare the total number of deer harvested in each state to the licenses. In Ohio, it was 180,000 deer in, I think, 07. So, 180,000 to 394,000. If you compare that from the number of licenses to the total deer killed, that's like roughly a 45% success rate. In Pennsylvania, we killed like 330,000 deer compared to Ohio's in 180. Right. So we killed way more deer in the same space, but we sold way more licenses. So, Yeah, it's our, sketchy now. It's freezing up a little bit. I could see it on my end, but... Okay. It should kick in in a minute. But either way, you compare the success rates from Ohio to Pennsylvania, we're 33%. Now, you're kind of probably wondering why should I care about success rates in these two states? The success rate is a direct correlation to a biologist's plan for the state. The hunter is the only way a biologist can manipulate a population straight out. Yep. They could, it, it's either the hunter succeeds or he doesn't. They sell a certain number of tags for, for a reason and they want them filled. They wouldn't give them out if they didn't want you to kill the deer. So, I mean, let's try to think about why Ohio's success rate is so much higher. If you take the first day of deer season in Ohio with the bow, it's September 29th, same as here. They could hunt up until February 3rd with the bow with no restrictions. Every single day they could hunt in between there with the bow. That turns out to be 158 days straight they can hunt with the bow. We could hunt 34 days with the bow with taking, I think it's, it would be seven Sundays out of that. That's what we're missing out on. So you could add seven days if we had Sunday hunting. Yeah. So let's put it that way. Excuse me. With rifle season, we can add an extra three days, four now with the Saturday. So, I mean, it, it's pretty simple. The more time we spend in the woods, your odds go up to kill deer, your success rate goes up. There's a huge difference in Ohio's deer herd and Pennsylvania's. So I think that that's something people should look at, you know, and really think about. Because, like, like we said... The reason you should be a hunter is to be a conservationist. You're here for the deer. Yeah. You know? And that's that's really what it boils down to. And I, I just feel like people overlook that and just say, but, you know, tradition. 
Yeah. And I think that the popular saying right now is you're caught up in your feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you got to get out of that, you know? You got to look at what you're really doing as a hunter. That's it, you man. Know? You know, and as far as um, Pennsylvania license, so to answer more, I guess, precisely, and not mass, not the right word, but the short of it is in 2008, we sold, looks like the record, is, the, the sales record is 926,000 to 885,000 in a 10-year span. Yeah. So we're, we're down, you know, 50,000 hunters or so. Um, in that 10-year span. But what I think is even more scary is when you look back to, like, say, 1992. Um, in fact, let me see if I can get those numbers um, because that's a huge drop-off. Um, let me see if, the, if I can get back that far. Oh, what are you looking at? 92 license like sales in Pennsylvania? early 90s, yeah. They were higher. Oh, a lot higher. A lot higher. Um, yeah, it's only let me go back to 2007 on the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Yeah, they only hold records. Yeah. I think it's, geez, I don't know, is it 15 years or something like that? But we're, we're you know, that was well over. I, I want to say the number I saw was like 1.2 million, and now we're down to. Yeah. And, and, it, and again, a lot of times they measure it in percentages. So, you know, at one time the percentages, um, David said, uh, thanks, Mark, numbers don't lie. That's fascinating. Always good to know the stats. Oh. Thanks. Dave's a no good problem. dude, man. He's a he's actually a, he's got his doctorate. He's a he teaches at a college in outside of Boston in Massachusetts. Uh, he's a professor, good friend of mine. So he gets the numbers. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty bright dude. He's smarter than he looks. That's for that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a solid guy. Um, it's good to see him because he's not a hunter. Yeah. You know, so it's good to see him in this in this uh, thread, kind of throwing some uh, some opinions. Because again, that runs right back to us trying to straddle right. the line a little bit and get right. out of the uh, the whole status quo. Right, right. I mean, that's a that's a thing. I just feel like it's a it's a progressive mindset to understand why. And you know, you you see so what the disappointing thing is seeing people fight about this. Oh you know, man! I mean, because they're there's a reason why it's being considered. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, we're frozen. The the license number sale or the the number of licenses sold is probably a driving factor behind this. Yeah. I would think. You know, they they want to have like I'm sure there's a lot of kids in college who say it's not worth me buying a license. No, and that's you know? it. You know, and there's a lot of guys who work 5-6 day work weeks they're not going to buy a license either. So not only are we losing that license sale, but we're losing the Pittman-Robertson funds that are going to come, pardon me, from the ammunition, the rifles, the camo, the arrows, the bows, all that stuff. I mean, you know, for those who don't know, Pittman-Robertson, the short of it, is a self-imposed tax that sportsmen put on ourselves back in, uh, I think it was in the 40s or 50s when uh, Pittman-Robertson was enacted. And it's a self-imposed 11% tax on everything that's hunting-related. Um, there's also a similar one called Dingle Johnson that's fishing-related. So anything that's fishing, you know, there's a tax. What? Called, What's it called? Which one? Did you say Dingle Johnson? Dingle Johnson, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. They, they weren't really thinking when they named that. No. Um, but nonetheless, you know, um, I've, I've got a couple of really cool stats on that um, as far as like the kind of money that's raised. 1937 was the Pittman-Robertson Act was enacted, uh, 11% uh, tax. So since its inception, it's raised over $10 billion, 
towards conservation and, and wildlife research. Uh, Dingle Johnson Act, it's a 10% tax. That was in 1950 and $5 billion since its inception. So in just a quick rundown, these are the, st- these are the stats I was able to pull from 2017. Uh, the hunting license and uh, the Pittman-Robertson equaled $1.6 billion in funding, and the fishing licenses and the Dingle Johnson combined for $1.3 billion. With bees, that's yeah. billions. That's so crazy. You can't, that's a lot of money, man. You can't deny that. And when you look also at, like, Pennsylvania Game Commission, uh, Fish and Wildlife, um, usually anywhere from about 60 to 80% of their budget, their annual budget, is funded by license sales and, you know, m- funds that come back from Pittman-Robertson and that type of thing. So you have these guys who are like, you know, end hunting now. Great. See how that works out for you when yeah. there's no more funding. And the amount of meat in the in the food stream when that's gone, I mean, how are you going to replace that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 insane. So, you know, but that's another that's another podcast, I yeah. think. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's not just about tradition. It's not just about you know uh, having another day to hunt. It's about restoring what keeps this whole machine running, and that's the economics of it. And without the hunters, we don't have the money to make sure the wildlife are healthy. These bear, the, where they go and pull a bear out of the den and they do these, you know, checks. Um, you know, the whole thing with the migratory bird thing they did a couple of years ago, that was all funded. Right. Um, you know, all the things with going on with the CWD, again, another podcast, we're not going to dip our toes into that. Right. Um, but, you know, a lot of this stuff is all funded by license sales and 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 you know the Pittman robertson fund so yeah. you know the fewer hunters we have the fewer money we have to play with and uh and that can really hurt us in the long run um what else we have john conti uh i know we spoke about this mark but you know i believe success percentages are down compared to license sales because people are quality hunting anymore and passing on harvestable deer including does you see the only the first thing that comes into my mind is that the national average? I actually heard this the other day on the Meat Eater podcast I was listening to. All right. That the average age of the whitetail buck killed in the country this year, across the entire country, mm-hmm. I think it was for the first time ever, was three and a half. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I mean, heard that's that. Yeah. Three and a half across the entire mm-hmm. country is pretty good. No way it's three and a half in Pennsylvania. No, well, before they enacted the um, antler restrictions here in PA, the average age of a buck was one and a half years old, and 80% of those bucks were killed on the first day. So that gives you an idea of the onslaught that happened when there was no antler restriction. Yeah. Every spike, every Y buck, every little four, five, six point, they were all getting hammered. And, you know... To have 80% of your bucks killed on the first day and the average is one and a half year old, that's that. our herd was hurting because of that. Yeah. When you put those antler restrictions, and I know a lot of people are still harping about how stupid of an idea that was. Well, um, was you know, your tinfoil hat must have a flat brim on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, it, that still baffles me because, yeah. I mean, how can you look at our deer today and still think that antler restrictions were a bad idea. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it wasn't so much the antler restrictions, so much for getting bigger bucks. Now, granted, that was, you know, a it was big to part increase, of it, but uh, improve the age. Exactly, class. improve the age class, improve the quality of the deer, improve the 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 strength of the herd and the health of the herd, and it was, you know, leaps and bounds successful. I mean, you just you can't argue with the success that we've seen. I mean, we're seeing some enormous deer, and again. Not only that, but like you said, you know, for the first time, the average age of, of a buck is about three and a half years old now. Yeah. That's never happened before. No. So it, it's been successful. And a lot of the biologists who've put their heart and soul into this stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Dedicated their entire lives to That's this. it. You know what I mean? It's starting to pay off and it's starting to, uh, you know, show a lot of the success that, you know, they were hoping would happen. So, you know... The whole moving the Saturday or moving the opener to Saturday, um, and you know opening up Sunday hunting again. There's they're, they're similar but different. Those two topics, um, you know, I, I I'm all for it. Uh, you know, there's a, a group called uh, Hush. It's Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. Uh, great group. Uh, Harold Dobb is the executive director of it, and uh, they're doing a great job right now petitioning for uh, Sunday hunting. Uh, actually, they're petitioning more so to get the legislation to give up the power to the Game Commission to make those decisions, uh, let them manage it. Uh, and I, they're doing a great job. We are closer now than we've ever been to getting Sunday hunting. And a big part of that is because of the work that they do. Uh, so shout out to those guys. Um, check out uh, Hunters United for Sunday Hunting on Facebook, and you can get involved if you really feel strongly about it. You can get involved. If you feel strongly against it, let them know. Yeah. You know, that's what it's all about. Yep. You know, we could sit here and t talk about, you know, where, you know, it's okay to have a decision, but my decision is the right one. Right. You know, my opinion is the right one. It's not that way. I mean, uh, one of the better arguments I heard against the Saturday opener was um, local economies. A lot of small town local economies really rely on the weekend prior to the Monday opener, and uh, you know, I, yeah, it's I, not a great argument, but it's better than tradition. You know yeah, what I mean? It was actually a well thought out argument. I still don't think it's going to stop people from going to those. No, those I don't think so either. But I mean, you know, I guess it would depend on you know that locale. I mean, yeah. some of these places, these beer distributors and, you know, the pizza places or the wing joints or whatever that are close to these cabins and these camps, you know, they probably do a great business that weekend leading yeah. up to the Monday. But, but it's, it's not like they're floating their entire year on, no, on no, no, two no. weeks or but, one weekend. Right. You know what no, I mean? agreed. Agreed. But still, I mean, of all the arguments I, I've heard, which were most of them were pretty terrible. I mean, honestly, ladies and gentlemen. If you want us to take it seriously, you can't put out like this seventy-five word run-on sentence. Everything misspelled and no punctuation, you, and you know, half of them are swear words. You know, you're not doing yourself any favors. I read that. <laughs> I re there was there was a, a particular response that you sent me last night, mm -hmm. and and we were laying in bed. Yeah, there's a couple good ones. I and I, I read it yeah. to Bridget like out loud, <laughs> at, like. <laughs> And I, yeah. I don't know. I almost want to read it because just because it was so funny. I mean, that's it, it man. It it's... was it was like he he was opposed, and he had he was like mirroring all the right words to be opposed, right. but just not in any particular order. Yeah, it was a little. <laughs> you spastic. could get the gist. He did he did he did he does not want the Saturday opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty uh, hard pressed against it, but uh... Anthony DeStefano, change is good. We are the luckiest hunt. Change is good, and that's the biggest thing. You know, people are steadfast in their ways, and we've said it before. Yep, we're dug you know, in. No, that's Pennsylvania it, for it, Pennsylvania hunters. And, and again, it's it's 
the exact same thing as my, my stubborn dad is going to do stubborn dad things. Yep. And this is his age class. That yep. is the majority of hunters now. So don't tell them to do something different because they're not going to. Right. And that that's pretty much it. No, you know? yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, and it, it, I'm just glad to see that they're they're starting to explore other options as far as the game commission. Yeah. Because they get a bad rap, man. I see a lot of people knocking on them, and I'm like, man, you know, I've spoken to a number of people through the game commission, and I've spoken to a number of people who I consider to be uh, extremely good sources uh, for information, and, uh, you know, they're doing a great job, man. You know, they may not win them all, but, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff floating around right now that is – not exactly true uh, about you know some of the the actions that we're seeing, and I'll tell you what, man. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty scary. Yeah, I pardon. I actually know um, one of the um, game wardens in Susquehanna County, and he is the most stand-up, fair mm-hmm. guy you will ever meet. You know, I I just I just I I don't think that we can continue this narrative. That the game commission is out to make to to dole out fines, and it's the only way that they're going to fund anything. Yeah. No, it's not the only way they're going to fund anything. They're funding themselves through our licenses. Right. You know. They're 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 there for a reason, mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> we we need them. Right. You no, know? absolutely, absolutely, they do a great job for for what they're there for. And again, their hands are tied on a lot of these decisions and a lot of these topics. You know, there's not a whole lot that they can do. But you know, you know, it's we're 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 working to change that, and again, that comes back to uh, you know, Hush, uh, Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. They're really pushing to get the uh, power back to the uh, to the Game Commission. You know what I mean? Uh, was it Casey Taylor? What are the biggest arguments against the Sunday hunting? Yeah, I mean, we we were just going through them, and local economies. I don't know if if that yeah, is even well, the 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 most viable one one of them that i hear a lot is the animals need a break they need a day of rest tell that to the coyotes tell that to mother nature tell that to the freezing look at the temperatures we've got right now you think they're getting a break from these sub-zero temperatures no they're not deer don't get a break there is no break they don't take a day off that's that's kind of absurd i get where they're coming from but it's 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 a terrible terrible argument Uh, so so if anyone who is a who is arguing that the deer need a break mm-hmm. better not be in favor of semi-automatic rifles yeah. <laughs> because i mean fair enough we're yeah. gonna i we're gonna double the the number of rounds fired in deer season guaranteed yeah yeah that's gonna be interesting if they pass that i mean they they they, they voted it last year and then it got shot down on the second round did it really yeah see i didn't know that yeah they I voted they that. voted the the initial vote was to allow it and then they shot it down for big game but allowed it for small game and yeah. coyotes that kind of stuff yeah um now they're putting it back in so we'll see if it gets voted in again or not and th- i got a feeling it will that's that's another uh Fun, fun thing to think about. Mm-hmm. You've got the people arguing for tradition. Yeah. Are they are they going to give up their traditional rifle and put their 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 bolt action down? Right. And uh, and pick up a semi-automatic. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to get real interesting when that when that conversation hits. I mean, that's just starting. Honestly, um, you know that conversation is just starting to get get hot on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where you get all your good information from, folks. That's where you get your news. Go to, go, to go to Facebook and get into some of these threads, man. You want to get some some knowledge dropped on you? <laughs> it's insane. 
But you know, another one, another big one is the the, the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Uh, yeah. They've been against Sunday hunting uh, because of there's a couple different reasons, but just to kind of skim the surface uh a lot of the, they don't feel the trespassing laws are strong enough i know it doesn't really make a lot of sense but that's just one thing they kind of throw into the mix to kind of get a wrench in the cogs um they they claim to represent um a large number of farmers in the state when in fact they only represent a, a small percentage at most half uh, of the farmers and uh it's just kind of a, a bureaucratic log jam yeah. you know what i mean so they have their their opinions on it uh, the whole the the wildlife need a break, you know. That's uh, well, they don't they don't need a, a break in Ohio argument. where they hunt yeah. <laughs> they hunt deer for 158 days straight. That's it. I mean, straight. I went up to, with my buddy uh, to New York this year and hunted on Sunday. I mean, they've been doing seven day a week hunting up in New York with no problems, no issues. Uh, their herd is healthy. Uh, their license sales are great. I mean, mm-hmm. they have no problems at all from it yeah you know what i mean though i just want to reiterate really quick that the so in different parts of our state uh the season opens earlier and in those the parts that it opens earlier are the parts of the state that are completely overrun by deer yeah I think it's down near like bucks county and around yep, there it yep. opens earlier and it stays later because there are so because they need to harvest deer so one more time, just for, for new people that just joined, Ohio, their deer season goes from September 29th to February 3rd, nonstop, 158 days. Their age class is better. Their average weight of their deer is better than ours. Their deer don't need a break. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. It, that, that, that argument holds no water. It just, it just no, it's just not viable. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, on average, most of the state can hunt for sixty-three days with the Sunday breaks. I think we end up missing out on seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thir- like thirteen days. We could add thirteen days to that, and we're still not even close to one hundred and fifty-eight. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, we, you know, we have a, a small sample size compared to, to Ohio. Um, here, Anthony Stefano. Yes, um, we are talking about the air platforms. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, you can you can hunt semi-auto shotguns for dove, squirrel, turkey, yeah, all that type of thing. You know, statewide. Um, but as far as the, yeah, the AR platform, um, last year, you know, my son, I have, I have a young man, uh, coming up, he's 11 now. So I just enrolled him in the hunter safety course. We're not going to, you can't do the online until you're 16. So I'm actually taking him up to the, uh, Tunkhannock, uh, sportsman gun rod, rod and gum club or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do the whole, you know, sit yeah. down, go through the course. And he is absolutely jacked that he's going to be able to do this. Yeah, now he's awesome. going to be an official hunter. He's been out hunting with me under the, uh, the mentor, the Pennsylvania mentor program, right. which is an awesome program. Again, another success by the Pennsylvania game commission, um, you know, allowing the, uh, the mentor, not only the youth mentor, but the adult mentor program, which has been pretty successful. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to get him out there and get him his, his official hunting license. And, uh, you know, I got him a 1022 for his birthday last year, and he loves it. He shoots the hell out of that thing, and he's really good with it. So now I can take him out squirrel hunting with the 1022, and you know he can customize it, play with it. It becomes more of a hobby for him. Um, and you know, 
it's just it just opens up more opportunities for people. You know yep. what I mean? So he loves the fact that I, the reason I wanted to get him a 1022 is so he can customize the crap out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was going to be just a range gun. But right. now he can actually hunt with it. So he totally changed the platform of how he's going to customize that gun from a range gun to now a, a functioning hunting rifle. So, you know, it's uh, it's just a really a, a really cool option for a lot of people. And I, I'm on board with that one as well. I know it's probably not the most popular uh, opinion, but uh, Ben Schmidt had a comment. Pardon me. I'm okay with Saturday opener, semi-autos, etc., my problem with the proposals for this year is during archery season, they now have coinciding seasons for all but a week of the season. Going to be a lot of pressure. New muzzleloader bear season during archery. No, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that plays seasons. out as well. Yeah, I agree, Ben. I know you're a big archery hunter. Uh, Mark yeah. and I are big archery hunters. Yeah. In fact, I haven't – it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of arguing in favor of the moving the rifle opener to Saturday. I haven't hunted a rifle opener probably 15 close to 20 years i yeah I've, I've hunted a couple and you know honestly that that i will say i'm biased that i i almost don't care yeah because you know i'm hoping to not have to be in the woods that day you know what i mean right yeah um, yeah i don't I, I don't i don't hunt it um yeah jake ramsey five round max clips for ars i'm not certain i really don't know i, don't I would imagine either. But I do, I do not know the answer to that. Yeah, and the the, the whole semi-auto thing, it, it's kind of, again, for me, I, indifferent, but I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, we can already hunt with, you know, mm-hmm. high-power rifles. Sure. I mean, I know some guys who can run a lever action just as fast as you can work an AR. Yeah. And it's my, pretty impressive. I mean, that's not a common thing. What but is my, my dad's is 308 Winchester, the, the pump? Is yeah. That, what is that, this? model 705 or something like that not sure the winchester one the, i know the, the pump i mean remington is a 760 i think there's a uh, i think i'm not sure Brian i've seen him pump, launch sure you know four yeah, shots you know in like, you, like you, that. you put some time into it man you can really you know get proficient with your firearm but you know the the thing that i really kind of like about uh the ar platform is uh, i was up the range about three or four months ago and i had one of my twins uh and he was eight at the time and we were just up there shooting the 22s messing around and there was a gentleman on the bench next to us who was shooting a, an ar ar 15 223 mm-hmm. 556 whatever and um evan was able to go over and he offered me if you want you kid can shoot my gun because he was eyeballing it he thought it was the coolest thing ever you know yeah. he went over and he shot that gun without a problem yeah. you know what i mean and you know you because can get recoil because there's zero not zero but there's very low recoil right, right. Uh, because of that platform so for small frame guys women kids you know what i mean it's a great platform even when you get into the ar-10 which is just a, a larger caliber like the the 30 calibers the 300 blackouts the 308s right. um you know the 6.5 creed mores there's a lot of different calibers now that you can get in the ar-10 platform that's more of a big game platform than the ar-15 ar-15 is more like a coyotes and stuff like that yeah. i guess you could hunt deer with them but uh i wouldn't that, you wouldn't actually be doing a, it but a question that just popped up anthony De Stefano just said, "Do you feel that a 223 cartridge is too light for whitetail or bear?" <clears throat> I don't think 220. Well, not for whitetail, maybe for bear. But I mean, the the short of it is, you hit anything in the soft spot. Well, that's it. You, you know? hit anything in the right spot, you're going to kill it. But you know, I don't know, man. I, personally, you won't catch me hunting with a 223 for either deer or bear. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, there's too many variables at play 
when you're talking about a whitetail. I mean, I, I've I've hit a deer with a 30 odd six round and watched that sucker run for 200 yards with yeah. a good, well placed shot. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's just not not enough variable. There's just too many variables involved for that small caliber. Now you know, and here I I just picked up a 243 for my kid, mm -hmm. so there's not a whole lot of difference between a 243 and a 223. Right. But you know, it's just that little bit more confidence that tips the scales for me to allow my kid to hunt with a 243 versus a 223. Now when I was a kid, my younger brother hunted with a 222 for deer. Never shot at one, never shot one with it, but that was the rifle we had. You yeah. know what I mean? I actually hunted with a old Western Arms side-by-side double-barrel 12-gauge with pumpkin balls, and my brother right. ran a 222 rifle. You know, so we weren't exactly, you know, <laughs> high-tech. What, uh, what, what kind of firearms are they using in New York? Um, I'm not 100% certain. No, I, what did you bring? I ran my 30-06 Remington okay. 700. Right, uh, bolt action. I don't know if the, if they can't use semi-autos, you might get guys trickling down in Pennsylvania just to go hunting. That's true. The now I know the the gun laws in New York are absolutely absurd. Um, the ones that I'm familiar with. Hell, I can't even carry a pocket knife in New York. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. Uh, hey, CJ, CJ Walker, how are you, buddy? Uh, Rocco said, uh, my opinion on the semi-rule is. That it doesn't really matter to me, but in some sense, it's also scary. And I, I think I'm with you on that. I think all the rounds that will be shot on public lands, for instance, just dangerous. Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking before the, the cameras went on. And when I go rifle hunting, it's usually on the last day, and it's to shoot a doe if I still have a doe tag. Right, and right, right. We, I Likewise. take, my, I take yeah. my buddy out, and we have a good time. We sit in this box stand in the middle of the field, and we can shoot far, and we see a lot of deer. In that sense, it, it might be fun. But still yeah. not necessary. No, but, not I necessary. Mean, if you see a deer, you know, booking it across the field at a hundred yards or even trotting, mm -hmm. what? Who? Who's to say you're not going to let off unload three, or, three yeah. shots or unload the, the the clip on it? I mean, right. And again, totally unnecessary. You no, know, totally that, unnecessary. That's and, the thing. And again, it comes down to the hunter. That's, you know, the decisions that are made right. by that individual hunter. I mean, listen, I, I'm more, I mean, you know, if I were to pick up an AR tomorrow and go out to for that exact, you know, circumstance, I would be 10 times more confident running my bolt action Remington 700 and 30 odd 6 than I would an AR because I'm comfortable with that platform. Right, right. I, you know, if I shot the AR a bunch and then I just decided to pick up a bolt action, I'd probably be more comfortable with that AR platform. It, it all depends on what you're comfortable with and, you know, what works for you. It's more of a personal preference. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, yeah. you know, if you don't want to shoot with it, hunt with an AR, you don't have to. Go with the old, you know, Winchester 32 caliber iron sights, yeah. knock your socks off, you know, yeah. get nuts, just stick with the black powder if you want. I learned, I learned a long time ago that just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know? And, and th this is the, the same scenario. I mean, all right, you, you can hunt with a, a semi-automatic, but, mm -hmm. you know, depending, if you, if you know that there's guys in the area and you're hunting on public land and, you know, use your best judgment. Be smart about it. That's all. You know? That's all. Yeah, Jake Ramsey, as, as long as you limit the round max, it won't be more bullets than normal. 15 or 30 round clips. 
then I would be more concerned. Sorry, yeah. Agreed, hundred percent. You don't need yeah. fifteen no. thirty rounds in your in your firearm in your magazine. It just doesn't make sense. So yeah, I agree. You know, if I, if I can only put three rounds in my thirty out six, why should you be able allowed to put fifteen rounds in your in your AR? It doesn't make any sense to me. But again, I don't know what the what the rules are going to be on that. I haven't seen anything in that. Um, we have uh, Dennis. I'm sorry, man. Is it Azel? Azel? I'm, I apologize if I butchered your last name. Uh, Dennis, in, in the big picture, allowing semi-autos makes the gun a sporting rifle. This makes it harder for anti-gun groups to get them outlawed. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's that's a it's a good point. I yes, mean, it if is. It's, if it's something that we can take and have... And it, and it's going to be okay, right? Then yes, in the, in that sense, I I could understand that. Well, how many times have you heard somebody go, "Why do you need an AR-15? You can't hunt with it." You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, now you can. Yeah. And you know, thank you, Dennis, for making that point because that that's is a good point. That really is. Um, I actually and I, and I was thinking about that uh, last night. I was thinking about that point, right. like bringing that up, and I completely forgot. So thank you, Dennis, for, for bringing that up because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, the gun grabbers. I mean, we've got some problems right now in Harrisburg. Uh, the mayor of Harrisburg is really pushing to push through some really invasive gun laws right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of lawsuits going on. There's a lot of, you know, messed up stuff happening in our own state. I mean, you see it happen in other states, and you're like, that'll never happen here. Well, it's happening. Right. So, you know, by... Uh, Putting that through and allowing us to hunt with that platform, um, it kind of takes a little bit of a, an argument away from the, the anti-gunner. So, yeah, man, good point. Great point. Thank you. I just want one. Oh, man, I've got <laughs> half the parts in my basement. And, and the, the thing one. is, I'm not, I'm not a big gun guy. I, I'm really not. I mean, I, I own a few, but, you know. I'm I, a bit of a gun nut. I, I enjoy them. I don't have a ton of them, but I have some cool ones. Yeah. And, and I enjoy shooting pistols. Rifles, shotguns. Uh, my my father-in-law and brother-in-law, they're not hunters, but they're big trap shooters, uh, and they go down, you know, to these different places where they shoot skeet, claybird, that kind of stuff, and it's a lot of fun. And that's their, but they're big gun nuts, man. They've got ARs and shotguns and competition yeah. semi-autos, and you know, but, they go nuts with it, but they don't hunt at all. Yeah, my biggest thing is that you know, I, I I'm not, I'm definitely not a gun nut by any stretch, but. I don't want to become inadequate at the, at it. I, I always, Agreed. You know, I yeah, want yeah. to you know know my way around a firearm. It's pretty much it. Um, Aaron Stolfer, Stolfer, what's the best stick for a big guy? I'm two seventy five. Not sure what that means. I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> best stick? Like, or do you mean stock? I, I don't know. Um, I I like a, I, I I like the bigger a good, the better, man. I guess. <laughs> I like a, a a nice fresh, uh, like a green switch. Yeah, that you can really go, get man. some whip on, and you can you know make that sucker about. sting. Uh, uh, Jake Ramsey, do you believe that these changes will increase new hunter recruitment, or will it just increase the opportunities for hunters? Both. I, yeah, both. I think both. But you know, the way the reason I'm okay with this and <laughs> I'm on board is just for um, is just for opening up opportunities for new hunters. Uh, 100%. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, I, I, I mentored a friend of mine who's just getting into hunting. Uh, you know, he's an adult, never doesn't come from a hunting family, and uh, he wanted to get into hunting. So I kind of took him under my wing a little bit and started teaching him a few things and took him out. In fact, Mark was gracious enough to allow us to hunt his property uh, this year. And, you know, he's a, a, 
a union electrician. He doesn't get to take off the first Monday. He just can't do it. Um, so by having a Saturday opener, that gives him one more opportunity to get out there. Yeah, by opening Sunday hunting, it gives him another opportunity to get out there and hunt. And he has a son who's, I think, 12 now. So if we can get his feet wet and start hunting, then you know more likely he's going to want to get his son into hunting. Now we've got two new hunters in the fold because of opportunity. And that's my big argument, you know, for appro- for approving this. So yeah, um, a clarification from Aaron. Yes, he meant climbing stick. Okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah, I mean, I've used uh, Hawk Heliums. I think. Yes, I, ha- I have a set of those, and I've actually left them in the woods for a couple years now, and they have held up. They haven't rusted one bit. They're pretty awesome. But outside of that. I I use Field and Stream just the yeah. you know they're 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 cheap and they hold up I don't know I don't, I don't go crazy I I just can't picture spending eighty bucks on like one stick like yeah that, like there there's the, some there's some out there now that are like eighty dollars a section it's crazy and that's it yeah the, I mean don't get me wrong the Hawk Heliums are fantastic I've I've never hunted with them I but I know you know um, Mark and I were. Uh, a part of PA bow hunting for a long time, and we had a, a bit of a sponsorship deal going on with Hawk for a while, and I got to learn the ins and outs of their products pretty well. And the heliums are are, are pretty fantastic, but they are pricey. So you know, like Mark said, the Field and Stream models. I mean, you know, you can get a decent set from Walmart from Field and Stream. Yeah. You know, they may not have the longevity, but uh, you know, I mean, if you, you got to weigh your options. Yeah, and if you take care of them. If you take them out of the woods every year, there's no reason that they won't last. You know, if you leave them in for mm-hmm. a couple months, take them out, you'll, you'll be fine That's with them. Yep. Muddy makes a great product, Indeed. says Anthony. Anthony, and yes. I don't own any. The only muddy piece of gear I own is my camera arm. Yeah, but I, I know they make awesome. awesome they do. Money. No, there, there's but a lot of just you know. Honestly, go on YouTube, search YouTube. Oh, uh, there's there's endless a reviews. Mil- yeah a million reviews out there on YouTube, and they'll give you two or three, sometimes four or five together in the same video, and compare them. Prices, stability, uh, you know, means of attachment, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, I would do a little bit of research, and you'll, you'll be you'll be sure to come up with something that's going to work for you. Uh, David Allen Creasy, hey, thank you very much, man. It was very cool seeing you on here. Um, you know, Millennium. we're uh, we're we're trying to kind of cross that that boundary a little bit. So, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, so I think that that's uh, we kind of touched on a little bit of everything there. We did. I think uh, uh, we're going to get into some more stuff in the second half. Yeah, here, I think. Yeah, we definitely will. I thought that there there might have been one more thing I was thinking of. That uh, oh, as far as the argument um, against the Saturday opener yeah. that I've been hearing is is about spending time with your family. Yeah. Don't make that argument. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make that argument. Not to me because, anyway. Because if you're going to make that argument, and they still pass this. Then yeah. you better not be in the woods. Right, right. As far as I'm concerned, you're saying that your family is more important, so don't go in the woods. It's really simple. Yeah. But if you feel like, you know, you're going to miss out on the first day and you, the the highest percent chance of killing a buck the whole season, and that's going to eat at you, then you're sort of a hypocrite if you're going to go out and yeah. not spend the time with your family. Mm-hmm. So that argument, Bologna. In, 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 Null and void. Yeah. See you when I see you. Yep. I, 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 I hate uh, shooting down things in, in a harsh manner, but that, that one kind of just pissed me off. 
Yeah, know? no, agreed, agreed. And it I, is. It's it's real hard to keep a level head and not get pissed off when you start seeing some of these threads that are going on out there, man. If any of you had paid attention to it or seen them, it's absurd. There's some crazy-ass people out there, man. Yeah. Uh, it's it's half entertaining and half irritating. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, you got to take it in stride and... And just keep a level head and, and set, try to set an example for, you know, everybody else, you know, with an earshot. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting, no doubt. That's why we kind of did this live segment was because everything was so polarizing. We're seeing so much, you know, uh, just heated stuff out yeah. there. You know what I mean? It's like, boy, and the we, last better, thing, we better kind of jump on this. The, the last thing that, that we want to do is further separate ourselves. I mean, it, it's almost curious how perfectly divided it seems like we are i mean what what do you do if you if you want to conquer a, a group of something divide and conquer yep. that's what it is so we can't let it keep happening we can't have <laughs> news stories running where there's people saying well now i have to get ready on friday yeah. get ready on monday right have your stuff together <laughs> on monday like do do we really have to explain that mm-hmm. you know like yeah. have your stuff ready to go Go up to camp. Open it up early. It gives you a, a reason to get out of the house a little earlier. You know? That's I it. Mean, it, yeah. it. It has to be. There, yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot of silly arguments out there. But, you know, but there's been some great discussions to, to kind of go the other way with it. You know, I got into I, – I try to not comment too much on stuff like that because yeah. it gets out of control really quickly. But I've actually had some decent conversations with a few people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they made great arguments and, you know – Listen, I, I, I'm not always 100% certain I'm right, but it's going to take an awful lot to sway me. I can be swayed, but it's going to take a lot. You, I mean, you're really going to have to come strong with your argument to, to kind of change my mind on certain topics. But and, and, and we talked about this recently. Like, I think we're both on board with if, if, if one of us are wrong, we say something wrong, all right, fine. We'll, we'll yeah. admit. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I mean, what, what was I... I had to correct myself on something recently on the podcast. Oh, oh it was the, the basis. Yeah. The, the, it was the, the basis age of the deer the and the base. Yeah. That's why I confused. <laughs> I, I didn't kill a five-and-a-half-year-old deer. It was a four-and-a-half-year-old deer. But, you know, and that's the kind of thing. I, I just can't live with, mm-hmm. you know, something on the record that is erroneous. So, I don't know. We, we all just have to be a little bit more open. That's it. And, and you know, if, if you come into a conversation, you know, dead set, that you're right and everybody else is wrong, it's not much of a conversation. Yep. So, you know, if anything, we got to kind of uh, be open to the other person's discussion. But, you know, sometimes people are just flat out stupid, man. Yeah. And there's no fixing stupid. So you got to kind of just move along. But, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who have great points and they really want to have a, a solid discussion. And I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. It's just... Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty interesting seeing how this has progressed over the last week, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses come spring when they do their final votes on all this stuff. Right. Um, so you know, only time will tell. But you know, uh, what was it? Uh, did I miss you talk about tonight's beer? We haven't quite gotten there yet. No, we didn't get there. We're um, we're going on an hour in the the, yep, the first I know, right? half. Um, actually, just as a I'm going to stick this up here. So Hubbard's Cave IPA. Boy, I'll tell you what, this is pretty solid. We've just kind of, this has kind of been our little 
starter beer. So if you want to check it out there. Yeah. But uh, this is lo- you can get this local, right? You got this over in Dunmore? Yeah. Right? Joe's six-pack shack shop. I, I don't yeah. know what it is. Uh, very solid. Very solid yeah. IPA. Yeah, real good. Yeah, definitely enjoying that. But, uh, yeah, we were going quite a ways on this first. I mean, we're almost a full podcast in the first half. We're 55 minutes in. Yeah. So. We're, we're, we're going to wrap this half up. Half. I, I yeah. think we're going to talk for another hour. We might. But, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, we might set a record on this one here. Yeah. We had a, a good audience for the, the entire thing. Absolutely. Like, averaging like 14, 15 people. So. Indeed. That's the most we've had so far. Yeah. I, I appreciate everyone tuning in and all the all the comments and was uh it was good it was nice and engaging and I, I feel like you know everyone was pretty receptive and hopefully you know we said some good things here but um yeah we try I mean we're off the cuff as usual but you know this is one thing that we both kind of dis- discussed one of the probably the first time we ever decided to have a conversation ahead of time yeah um, but yeah. even still I mean Mark kind of did his research I looked at some things on my end and uh, we just decided to hit record and come at it so uh, great conversations, great questions. Uh, really appreciate everything, guys. So thank you very much for chiming in and uh, throwing your opinions out there. It really means a lot to us to hear what you guys have to say about it because, I mean, it really helps to drive you know our content and, and how we approach things. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. Indeed. So it's about thank that time. you, everyone. We'll see you in the second half of the podcast. Indeed, indeed. Stay tuned. Good spike. Dig it. And we're back. Indeed we are. And that song, I we uh, we need to talk about that song. Yeah, that's pretty killer, dude. Digging it. The song is called Looking to Find by The Bad Light. And at this point, if you're a regular listener, um, you know that I'm pretty fond of that band. Indeed. Yeah, and they... A bit of a favorite. Set the tone for a lot of my film they you know very generous let me use it and uh now they kind of need our help so i mean they've been so good to me all these years letting me use their their you know their art and um their singer celeste was actually diagnosed with cancer late in 2018 yeah and uh you know, now's our time to kind of rally together and help her out. Indeed, man. I mean, Indeed. if you guys like uh, what I do with their music, how I set it to my film, I mean, their music is just flat out good. <laughs> you know, it just, it's like, it's, it, they're one of my favorite bands. In, in a way, they, they just remind me of Soundgarden. I know that it, it sounds off, but it, I think it's just the the diversity the the dynamic of it it's just so like different you know it's bluesy they, they kind it's of yeah they're their own genre classic kind of rocky yeah. it's just I'm all about it anyway um, so this track that they just released 
looking to find. Um, if you go to Bandcamp, you can buy the track, and all the proceeds from the track will go to Celeste uh, in helping her with her medical bills. So please, please, please um, just get on there and whatever, you know, if it's a dollar, if it's more, whatever it is, please. Um, I, I, I'm kind of uh, imploring here yeah, that you yeah. get on there and, and, and help her out because uh, they, they help me out and you guys enjoy the content we put out and so much of it, you know, kind of stems from from the music. It, it's all kind of, that's that's how I edit my film. It, it, it's a part of the podcast. It's kind of all-encompassing. So it's it would, keep that keep that karma yeah. flowing, man. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I found them through the podcast and through some of your film and uh, became a fan myself. So, yeah, by all means, check it out. Uh, check out their other music, which is fantastic. But uh, bandcamp.com, yes? Yeah, I'll post the 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 link it's it's thebadlight.bandcamp.com cool go on there find the track looking to find and uh really whatever you can do yeah um, and if you dig it share it you know what i mean maybe get some other people on board and uh, yeah. and give her a hand uh you know if anybody out there has been touched by this kind of thing you know how uh, expensive it can get and it can really uh put a huge huge hindrance on on your life so so yeah. by all means man give her a lift yep it's a terrible thing, and uh, we, in a time like that, we, we all really need to rally together. Oh, yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can help out a little bit here. Indeed. But that song is just killer, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it big time. I, I feel like it, it, it almost sounds different than anything they've ever put out, but still fantastic. They still have that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's one thing I think we don't we talk about you know the beers we're drinking all the time and we we get on certain topics of the the outdoor lifestyle and stuff I think one thing that we kind of omit a little bit mo- more often than we should is the kind of tunes that we you yeah. know open with yeah you know, there's a lot of good songs we're, we're man. music heads yeah for sure I, once in a while you know I share some things through Sons of the Hunt uh, I think I just shared a Buffalo Fuzz yeah dude you turned me on to those guys I'm digging them uh, yeah out of Illinois. Yeah, yeah, their live stuff is pretty awesome. Yeah, they're crazy. They're they're just he's just so talented. I mean, there's just a lot of underground music out there that just hasn't hit the mainstream that's just so good. You just got to look, you know. That's it. I find myself like looking at the uh what's the suggested next video on YouTube, you know what I mean, when I start getting into some music and some some different bands and some obscure stuff and it's like, you know, sometimes I click on them and they're just like not my jam, but yeah. other times I find some really cool stuff. I mean, I I found Gary Clark Jr. that way. Yeah. Now he's a massive superstar, oh, yeah. but before that, I mean, he was just some dude I never heard of and I clicked on it and uh Bright Lights, Big City, and I was like, yeah. "Damn, this dude's legit." Yeah, and, uh, that is I really such a badass song. Got into got into him, and now I'm a big fan. I've been out to see him live, and oh, you've seen him live. Oh, he's, yeah, he's outrageous, killer. dude. Outrageous. Just one of the best guitar players of our our era. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Uh, his new stuff was I'm I'm not sure. I didn't get his new album yet. I heard his new song, and it's definitely uh, got a different spin on it. Uh, he that, did that Beatles cover that was that pretty was gnarly. awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. for a movie, uh, one of the movies, uh, one of the superhero was movies. Was it Come Together? Yeah. yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, he did a great job on that. But uh, yeah, he does a lot of cool old school bluesy stuff, which I really dig. Um, and he does a lot of falsetto singing, which I'm a big fan of. You know, yeah. people who can pull it off anyway. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, good tunes, man. Claudio Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, we're drinking beer. And we are drinking beer. We yeah, we're are talking indeed. music, drinking beer, which is... Man, Not a I, bad way to start the second half of the podcast. If I could do that all day. <laughs> man, it, and you, you want to know something else? Somebody needs to pay us to do this. So, yeah. you know, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what we're drinking right now, we're drinking a Modern Times beer. In the first half, we drank Hubbard's Cave Double IPA. That was killer, man. I really enjoyed that. That I was mean, good. It wasn't one of the best ones we've had, but I definitely enjoyed it. We blew our lids over the the uh, Captain Lawrence yeah, Tears of Green. Yeah. And I mean, for good reason, it was, I still think that that beer was better than both the beers we've had tonight. Agreed. Agreed. That, yeah. That's a, that, the Hubbard's that set the bar, was, man. was good. The The first thing that I think I said about it when, when I tried it was to me, it was like instantly refreshing because mm-hmm. it kind of has almost a tartness to it. It wasn't really like, I don't know. The IBUs have to be very low. Because I felt like I could I could crush that beer. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was it was like you said it was very um, refreshing. I guess would be the like you said the best best way to describe it. Yeah, and it was good, man. I you really enjoyed it. You wouldn't think an eight and a half percent beer, you you'd be saying that it's super refreshing. Like, yeah, no, you're no. not gonna crack one open and chug half the can, but that one I kind of feel like you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can it, get dangerous, man, for sure. Real good. Um, this one, it, and uh, just a little bit more about the Hubbard's Cave, I think that we can both agree on, you said uh, peach, and I got that right away too. Yeah. Maybe a little apricot. Yeah. Something yeah. in there, but very good either way. Yeah, it definitely had, it was fruit forward uh, for some, some of the people who like that. You know, some people don't really dig the fruit aspect that, you know, they want the dry hoppiness. Um, I'm kind of a fan of both. You know what I mean? Uh, some of them out there are just so so hoppy and bitter. It's just, you know, it's almost you got to force it down. Yeah. Um, and some of them are so fruity and sweet that, you know, you can maybe drink one and you're, like, getting nauseous. Yeah. Um, this was a, That was a nice happy medium, you know, kind of playing uh, be- between the lines a little bit. Um, this beer is doing the same thing. Indeed. I mean, honestly. Different they, notes, though, for sure. They work well together. They're very similar. Yeah, yeah. They, as far I, as I like agree. drinkability, definitely low IV. Yeah, this one is sixty. I don't know what the IBUs on Hubbard's Cave were, but definitely that low. That one was I think eight point five. What the ABV IBU? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, this one is seven point six ABV. As far as IBUs go, this is sixty. Hubbard's Cave, if if anything, mm. seventy at most. Yeah, and that's probably uh, a little high. Excuse me. Oh, that was good. Uh, this this is a little bit of a more. This is uh, <laughs> in in modern times own words. City of the Sun is a ridiculously awesome IPA loaded with sticky fruity <laughs> new wave hops. Wow, I don't know that word. Redolent. Redolent. Redolent of melon, lime, and citrus notes. Yeah, I definitely get the lime. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. And I, and I definitely <laughs> definitely feel the melon. It's almost like a like a honeydew or this cantaloupe. might sound snobby, but I'm getting more lime zest than lime juice, if that makes sense. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get that pinky up. Mm-hmm. 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 But either way, mm-hmm. delicious. I, I feel like modern times is I think they're out of San Diego. San Diego. Um 
It's as progressive as it gets. Well, San Francisco, I think, maybe maybe takes the San Diego. Hey, Yahtzee. Bam. Uh, yeah, I only know that because uh, my buddy Jeff lives in California. He talks about uh, actually going to the Modern Times Brewery. There you go. So very cool. I'm probably going out in May to see him. So cool. He's got all these breweries lined up for us. Uh, what is the the big one? Is it Al Alvarado Street or Aldorado Street? It's a it's a monstrous brewery out there that. Right now is kind of running things in California, from what I understand. Right. And then Russian River is out there, which do, they do Pliny. Uh, everyone knows Pliny the Elder and yep. the Younger, and pretty. Uh, what's the, what's the word? Powerful beers in the craft beer industry. But uh, yeah, both beers we had tonight, fantastic. Indeed, this have, one's definitely more transparent than the last. The last one was a little bit more pale yellow. Yeah. This one is more golden, golden, opaque, yeah. almost actually, pilsnery. Maybe is that, say, is that a word? Wait, we're just making shit up as pilsner-y? we go. Right? If, if I think pilsnery, I think more golden. Okay. This, I don't know what this is. S R M gold. <laughs> it's a five. This is kind of ambery. Like this kind of has that same look, kind of along the lines of the the hydroelectric. Where yeah, yeah. If you look at it real quick, you might think that it's apple cider. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as dark, a little lighter, amber, ambery. One thing I'm not getting is guava. Mm-mm. Just no, and trust, trust us, we know guava. <laughs> There's one thing we know, it's guava. Mm-hmm. Amen. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, if you're into, if you're looking for something for the weekend, we got uh, a big weekend coming up. So you ready for the, oh, uh, the Super Bowl, Super huh? Super Bowl, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess I'll watch it. I'm gonna Stupid. watch it. I, I just wa- I just like the the, the sport. I like the game. game. And it's crazy. You know the 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 commercials aren't what they used to be. You know, the so, halftime shows aren't what they used to be. I'm just so sick of the Patriots being in it. You know. Yeah, I no. I understand. I recognize the greatness and blah blah blah. And shut up. Like I'm <laughs> like all right. I'm I'm sick of it. I, we need You're not some, alone in that, man. We You're need not alone. something else. Well, you know, I think uh, a very large percentage of the United States can be Rams fans this weekend. But uh, a good friend of mine is a big Patriots fan. You know what I mean? He's diehard is he, is for sure. Is he from Massachusetts he or the, is the not. New England area? He's not. Well, His family, I believe, is. Forget but him. Because yeah, no, right? if you're not from the New England area, you have no business being a Patriots fan. You right. jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> you just did. No one was a Patriots fan before before Drew Bledsoe. I know, and, and right? They, they, yeah, Drew Bledsoe was uh, actually – people forget about him. Yeah. Started it. Well, I think that he was Belichick's original quarterback, yeah, right? Yeah. And they got him in his little system and his little stupid machine. And then and he got hurt, and a little uh, lesser known individual by the name of Tom Brady stepped in and uh, it got it got nuts from there. Hmm. And the rest is history. But you know, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I, I hate to be a hater. I do recognize how good he is. Like, he he, he commands the game, he, he, he manages the game, mm-hmm. he, he knows how to get rid of the ball, he knows not to get hit. I mean, he is the greatest quarterback who's ever played the game, hands down. He's he one of the few is. guys I think that could win a game without throwing the ball more than ten or fifteen yards yeah. at yep. all throughout an entire game. I mean, it's but, it's know, just hey, safe, conservative play. They they know how he knows how to do it, man. He, got, it. he has it figured out. Yeah, he, indeed he does. He he does. You know the look at the talent that they put around him. That's they it. get these no name receivers and. Yep. Listen, I'm just going to keep getting more and more disgusted the more we talk about this. Well, I, I mean, and you know what? The, and as much as as it sounds like I'm a hater right now, I wouldn't care if they want another one. Because I mean, 
at this point, we're all witnessing the, the, the greatest quarterback to ever play this game. Screw it. Win another, <laughs> you know? Fill that hand Why up. not? Yeah. You know? Both hands, right? Get, go, go, go Goff big. is going to have his opportunities. He will. He's young. And that team is good, and that coach is excellent. McVay is Yeah, he's for, for his age, I mean, he's really come along. Did you ever see the videos of him where they're asking him about plays that happened like four years ago? I think he was offensive coordinator at one point. I, I, I don't know for sure. But they're running through plays that happened four years ago on specific downs in specific games, and he remembers them. No kidding. He, a he's just a, savant. A, a different mind, man. Yeah. He's got that, I don't know, is it like photogenic memory? Maybe. Or, he's on a different level. But he's he's going to do big things. They're going to be a hard team to beat. Their defense was like in the in the preseason. I was I was checking out some of the moves they made to get some of their big defensive oh, players, yeah. and they were just stacked. They went all out. Yeah, they really well, stacked I mean, their defense. So you know, a, a, you can't be a team with a good defense. Look at the the Broncos that mm-hmm. when uh, with Peyton Manning. Yep. You know, <laughs> he didn't win that game for them. Yep. Nope. You know, their defense won. Indeed. Indeed. And also Cam Newton not like hustling for the ball, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, good times, good times, man. You know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's some history being made uh, this weekend at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It, are, are we talking about Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win was over the Rams? No, no. I'm talking about the male cheerleaders. Oh. <laughs> well, our minds are in different yep. places. A little bit different. Well, you know, they figured Ezekiel Elliott didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is he going to be wearing his belly shirt? He might be. He Probably. Might be. All right, Cowboys fans, don't just joking, just joking. Hey, listen, he's the guy who dresses like that. He dresses like a freaking cheerleader out of that prison movie. But yeah, hey. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Tracy Morgan, <laughs> the longest yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, um, you know, they're good. They're yeah. they're fine. Fantastic. Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he might not even hold out all year, like like they're saying he might. No, we'll he, see. We'll Pull see. a on Bell. That's you know he's setting a trend right now. Mm-hmm. He he, he's going to sign with with probably the Colts or the 49ers. I think the 49ers. I think uh in uh, um You're a 49ers Brown, fan, you want them? I could care less. Yeah, you you're They you're got done with they've it. got a stable of good running backs right now. They also have a very good tight end. Oh, Kittle was the man this year. He's a beast. Blew it up. I had he's him as my fantasy Gronk. football. Mhm. Indeed. Yeah, I've I've been saying that all season. Yeah. He's a new Gronk. But, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, we just totally went off yeah, on a tangent. We there. haven't, we haven't really, you know, we haven't had time to just, you know, shoot the shit. No, no, we haven't. You know, it's it's freezing out. It's unbelievably cold. It's Insane, like negative. Well, okay, I can't say that because I have friends of mine who are in Minnesota. Uh, my my good friend Gary's going out uh, to see his kid in Minnesota. He plays hockey out there, and I guess his son was getting out of his car to go into Target the other day. It was negative twenty seven. With the wind chill of negative sixty. See, if it wasn't for the wind, it wouldn't be that bad. Right, exactly. The wind. (laughs) Screw the wind. So how about I? I let Oscar out uh, yesterday. I think yesterday was a little bit colder than today. Yeah, for sure. So I let Oscar out at I don't know whatever time six thirty something like that. I just fed him. He goes outside, and he (laughs) he's still you know in that puppy mode. So he's like really goofy. And he sticks his whole head and snout into the snow. Yeah. And he pulls his head up, and his face is just because the snow is so powdery right now. Yep. He's totally covered. So then he starts walking around and messing around. 
And before I know it, he's like walking on like two feet and he's trying to like not step and he's picking his legs up. Yep. Bad and idea. So he he goes to go to the bathroom and he and he crouches back and he and then he picks one one <laughs> paw up and then he picks one of his back paws up. So he's so he's like balancing. He puts the back paw down, picks both front paws up as he's taking a dump, picks them both up and then just falls over. No, <laughs> just dude, falls over I in the snow. See that happening? And he just started crying, just oh, like man. accepting his fate. Like this is it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm freezing to death here. He's like, it's I over. Fold. It's over for old Oscar. Oh man! But he, he this yeah. short time on this planet. You know, he's. It's time. cold out, man. It's cold. Yeah. I mean, we were at this morning. It was. I got home from work. It was negative nine. With a wind chill of 27 below? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. This isn't the freaking Arctic, man. It's northeast Pennsylvania. Yeah. I but mean, we it, get it, these every once in a while. Yeah. You know? I remember, I think it was my senior year of high school, we had a, a, a week straight of like negative 10. Yeah. It's just like it. I might have been hunting one of those days. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's coming. <laughs> it, it, it's It's awful. But we we all choose to live here. We could all yeah, pick that's up it. And you know, my brother lives out in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? I always send him like screenshots of our of our temperatures, and he's like, "Screw you guys, I'm done." Yeah, he will never move back. You know what I mean? But yeah, on the flip side, I can never hang out in Las Vegas during July and August. It's like 120. Yeah, I'm not into that either. No way, you know? man. But it's a dry heat, Mark. I don't even know what that means, man. It's hot. It's hot it's as hell. Bullshit is what it is. Tell. It doesn't care. Like, dry heat or not, 120 is 120. I'm not into that. No, sir. No, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll take a hard pass on that. Yeah. But uh, anywho, yeah. uh, we, were, we, uh, we had a really good uh, first part of the podcast. Oh, that was the, awesome. The live broadcast we did. You know, there's been a lot of stuff going on uh, in, in Pennsylvania as a whole in regard to some of the changes that they're looking at making with some of these game laws and stuff yeah. like that kind of caused a bit of an uproar, which is why we decided to really kind of jump on it and, and do a, a live uh, Facebook live deal and, and just see what, you know, some of the people we, you know, we know and some of the people that follow us and kind of get their input yeah. on it. And man, did they have some great input, great questions and great statements. And believe it or not, no one got pissed off. Yeah, no it, it was, was pretty docile. It was good. I mean, you know, and when you look at some of the threads that have been kind of bouncing around this last week or so, I was talking a lot earlier, I don't think I've ever used the Michael Jackson eating popcorn gif yeah. more in <laughs> yeah. one week. Just, just here for the comments. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I, I think it's telling of the, the following that we have. And and I'm I'm just super proud. Agreed, man. You know, Agreed. It's just, I I feel like we have level-headed individuals. I mean, we had a couple comments about you know leave it leave it on Monday, mm-hmm. and you know we we said our piece and no no one was you know freaking out and right. cursing at us and right yeah none of that know, telling us we're the, we're the devil or yep. anything like that. <laughs> so I yeah I'm I'm really. Just proud of our 
the people Agreed. that follow us. Yeah, you know? we, we, we kind of mentioned it in, in a few threads that we were going to be doing that. Like, hey, listen, if you feel strongly about it, join us for an open conversation. Yeah. We're going to do some Facebook Live, you know, uh, podcasting. And uh, I was kind of half expecting a couple of loons to jump in on it mm-hmm. and really create a little chaos. But it didn't happen. Um, so, you know, kudos to all you guys that did join in and uh, kind of you know, make your make your opinions known. <clears throat> you know, Mark and I have mentioned it, you know, numerous times before, like, you know, we're always open for conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're never going to be that hard headed to where we're going to shoot you down before we even hear your side. Yeah. I loved it. I love, I kind of love to hear other people's stances on things. So, you know, I always say like, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm correct, but you're going to have to come pretty hard with a good argument to change my mind on certain things, but it's not out of the question for my mind to be changed. You know? Yeah. And, and, like I said, you know, I'm I'm very analytical. I'm not going to talk about the the <clears throat> the degree again, but I need proof. I need data. I need statistics. I That's need it. analytics. Mm-hmm. And then I could look at it and say, "All right, this makes sense." Yeah. And if you can provide those and it you know, goes against what like I'm currently thinking, Fine, I'll I'll, I'll concede. Definitely to that. considered, yeah. But until then, you know, just just because you feel a certain way or, mm-hmm. or you're you're wrapped up in in some kind of feeling, and that's the only thing that's driving it. it it's I don't know. It, it it's surprising to me that so many people in a, in our community are basing their opinion on that. I know because it's, I mean. I mean, let's let's call this what it is. If this were some kind of political debate, and uh, dude, you were yeah, using I... your feelings, what what is that? What what's the yeah. the common term that? What would you label that? Would that be a snowflake? Snowflake. Yep. I was just getting there. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, don't be hypocrites here. No, you know, that's, don't that, that's don't it. get up in your feelings. It was funny. I think uh, uh, Rocco Yonora commented. Um, the, the best the argument best I've seen yeah. so far, no, no, <laughs> one word, no, you know what I mean? And, and that's, and that's a lot of what you're getting and, you know, then some, Yeah. but you know, listen, you know, the, the game commission knows what they're doing. All right. Listen, I think, I, that, and that's the biggest thing. You have to trust them. You have to, you have to. And, and you know what? They're there for a reason. The people who are involved are there for a reason. You may not agree with a hundred percent of what they do. But, you know, it's not like they're a bunch of hacks. I mean, in 2018, uh, they got voted, uh, what was it, Agency of the Year for QDMA. So Quality Deer Management Association, of all the agency across North America, Pennsylvania Game Commission was nominated, not only nominated, but they they were, uh, you know, awarded you know, the QDMA Agency of the Year. And the year prior, I think two individual awards went to um, wildlife conservation officers and wildlife management officers from National Wild Turkey Federation awarded two individual awards to the Pennsylvania Game Commission. So it's not like there are a bunch of hacks. These guys are recognized you know, nationwide for their efforts to make sure that our wildlife management is on point and our conservation is on point. So it's not like you know they don't know what the hell they're doing. So these guys are, you know, pretty much recognized for in their by their peers 
for what they do. So, you know, I'm on board, man. I support a lot of what they do. Some of the stuff I'm like, eh, you know, in my heart, I may not agree with it, but in my brain, I do, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there was a, a, a big thing going around where somebody was posting a picture of a bunch of nets. They're like, oh, they're going to net these deer and shoot them in the nets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the entire story was not there. <laughs> no. No one knew. Not that. even close. They weren't going to shoot the deer. They were putting the nets out to tag them. Yeah. They got to ear tag them for, you know, again, another podcast. They're killing all the deer, yeah. Jay. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> That's what happens in winter. All the deer die. Well, then I they mean. they grow out of the ground in the spring. Should we let them freeze or should we just kill them? Well, you know what? There's no alternative. There, I, you know, and I, I, all right, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get too much into it because I don't have the guy's name and I don't have a lot of the statistics. But there was a gentleman on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about um, some of the uh, with um, CWD and stuff like that. And some of the in, up in Canada, there was a big case where CWD went rampant, and they went in and they thinned them out and they killed uh ton of, of deer up there but they nipped it in the bud but and they were successful in their efforts now is that the right way to go about it i don't know is there another option i don't know i mean I, i'm not an expert when, in that historically speaking when things go awry evol- in an evolutionary sense that's when it gets wiped out yeah i mean what's the best thing to happen to a failing forest fire Burn it down. Yep. What? I mean, what happens to certain species? Extinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it it happens. It's it it's happened in the history of the Earth. You know, we've had meteorites hit, ruin, destroy everything. Everything came back. Yeah. Not everything, but, but certain things came it, back. You know, and thank a God, way. there's no more T Rexes running around here. We'd be in real trouble. Yeah, but no, I I, I understand one hundred percent what you're saying. That um, those are the kind of things that have to happen, and and it's kind of like I said, you know, we always end up on these points where you could come away and take the the main point and apply it to life. Yeah, you need to go through something very difficult if you're going to grow at all, and come back, come out the other side stronger. No, that's it's, a good point. It's kind of the same thing. You, we might go through a, a bad time with the deer. Chances are they're going to bounce back stronger in, in a few years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, look what happened with the bison. You know what I mean? Look what happened with, with turkeys. Yeah, you I was just going to say the, the, eastern turkey. Yeah, the pronghorn antelope. Yep. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. You know what I mean? There's, there's Pennsylvania's elk herd. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky's elk herd. I mean, geez, in 19, was it 1993, there were no elk in Kentucky. Ken- Kentucky? Kentucky. 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 <laughs> so there were no elk in Kentucky. In 1993, they released something like, please don't quote me on this, but like maybe two dozen elk, something like that. Yeah. They released them into the wild down in the strip mines where they used to mine coal down in Kentucky. And, you know, that was in 1993. That's not, a, I graduated high school in 1993. Yeah. You know what I mean? That wasn't a long time ago. And now there's a huntable population in Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, there's a good herd down there. So, you know, Shit happens, man. You know what I mean? And and with the help of good conservation, good biology, and, you know, some, some funds from, from hunters, these things can bounce back. But it's just one of those things, not to stray off too deep, but it's one of those things where it's like, man, you get half the story 
and you just throw it out there and it becomes gospel. And that's a problem, man. That's a big problem. And, and it defaces and, and it compromises the integrity of, of, you know, an agency that's done nothing but tried to help. Yeah. Put us in a better place. But what about tradition? (laughs) Like, I'll tell you what, you want to send out a deer herd, you go ahead and you approve semi automatic rifles. (laughs) Yeah. But then again, you you get into the same. Throwing darts, baby. I have to say say that their mindset has to be all right, maybe this will help improve the success rate. Sure. And that's the only way that I can see that being a good idea. The the automatic rifles and the, the AR platforms and stuff. I, I don't I don't like it, right? But I can see I could at least appreciate where they're possibly coming from. Sure, you see, and, I can care and, less. And you know what? what? As far as the the tradition thing, and the, if that's your argument, I I get it mm-hmm. because just from the fact that all right, well, that's how my dad got me into it. I remember the deer camp, and it was the best thing. And I yeah. ate you know a, a hamburger cooked off the the cast iron pan at deer camp and, and that was the best thing ever and yeah i'm gonna get my son into it the same way you know i, I could see that side of the argument sure. that might be the thing that gets him to buy a license for the rest of his life right but it's not really the reason why you should be getting your children to hunting. that's not how you should be going about it i mean they both work you know what I mean? Sure. They both sell licenses. That's it. But whatever, I mean, whatever, whatever puts you in the woods is good. You know what I mean? It, For the most part. Yeah. It, it's Within a tricky reason. thing. It's just if you want, in my opinion, to go about it from the biologically correct way, explain conservation. Explain why you hunt. Mm-hmm. You don't buy a license just to go to deer camp. And hang out and eat food and get drunk and pass out and then never go in the woods (laughs) because, you know, they allowed you to buy that license because they want you to use it. Right. So, I mean, it it goes both. That's a double edged sword. Exactly. It goes both ways, man. You know what I mean? They want you to use that license because, like you said earlier, we become a tool for the game. Exactly. For, for, you know, the game commission. People don't understand it. No, and and that's it. And that's okay. You don't have to understand it, but you know, as long as you take it for what it is. If you start, you know, building an argument on something that you have no idea what the hell you're talking about, yeah, like you know, like we that's talked about on, earlier. That's how you get on talkback. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best thing in the world, man. Go on talkback live at, at Newswatch 16. Yeah. There are some really good ones out there. I remember there was one about a mountain lion or something like that. Yeah. Some dudes were going off, and it's the funniest thing in the world. It's but, crazy. You know. Like we were talking earlier, I mean, you know, if you want to be taken seriously, you can't just go off with the worst grammar on the planet and this 75-word run-on sentence, and it's bananas. You can't be taken – you can't expect to be taken seriously if you're just going to act like a crazy person. And and you know what? We've said it in the past. The wrong person gets their hands on that kind of ammunition, mm-hmm. and it's bad. And you see it. You see it happen on the news. When if when the game commission has their their meetings, the news will always cherry pick. Oh, sure. The most idiotic person there, who who can barely you know string a sentence, a mm-hmm. complete sentence together. Oh, I know. Let alone like any kind of logical thought, and you know. 
that that's why people watch it to see somebody make a fool of themselves on the news absolutely umbrella hat that was the best one ever the lady with the umbrella hat i've never (laughs) i mean you know i've seen umbrella hats in the past but i've never seen anybody wear one one, much less on the news it was like a bar shooting or something like that and they they found some crazy woman wearing an umbrella hat well that's it's it's viral america man indeed brother you know (laughs) i said oh my god a fire (laughs) <laughs> like just that kind of thing. They're they're hoping Ain't nobody to. got time for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's just it. They're hoping to get somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and you're right. You're right. You know, but in, and that's you know the 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 circus of it. Yeah. You know, we got to separate ourselves from that though if we're going to get anywhere. That's and true. That's where I think that kind of rolls right back to the, the first part of the podcast tonight. I mean, we had some really good conversations, and not yeah. not one crazy person despite how many we invited yeah, no one in. told me i was brainless <laughs> you know i had somebody tell me on the on the hunting pennsylvania closed group mm-hmm. that uh i was brainless yeah, this well. week and it was like all right well everyone's got the right to an if you say so brother yeah you know and that's really not a bad group i mean we've we've you know had some pretty good luck in there there's some pretty good stuff that comes out of that group but like anything once you start gaining a large following you're going to get a couple of nutbags in there, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no matter, you know, where you go, you put a bunch of people in one spot. What is it? Uh, somebody has this theory. You put 100 people in one room, one of them's going to be batshit crazy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, and that's the reality of it. So I think that started a long time ago with either, was it eggs or apples? What You can't let one rot in one room the whole bunch? No, the, the apples, yeah. Well, it apples? could be eggs. Maybe, I don't know. I think more line lines of apples. Is it, I don't know if that was a complete so sense or not. I'm not certain. <laughs> I, I could I could see it being apples more so than I guess eggs because mm-hmm. you know if you if you get a rotten apple then it sits there and it lets and off touches gas the and other apples yeah, and whatnot nice. and then then the other apples rot. Indeed, it's bad news, man. We're either way, be, we're all gonna be rotten by the end of bad this. Bad eggs, bad apples. You know, yeah. I don't want either one. Well, I mean, hopefully the the best thing that we can do is just keep spreading knowledge, you know, spread logic, you know, you just common sense, you know, if, if something is supported with facts and, and statistics, yeah, analytics, data, you know, if you, if somebody has used the scientific method to go along, find something, make a hypothesis, find a way to research that, get the data, prove and support their hypothesis. That is a lot stronger than somebody just saying, "Well, I don't have enough time to get ready for deer season now." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's it, it's very black and white yeah. at that point. Yeah, indeed, and I think the key word in that whole, you know, is logic. Yeah, you know, that's you know, capital letters, baby. You know, it, it, you know, you have logic. And you have opinion, and those things that couldn't be further apart. You know, when you're talking, when you're in a, a subject like this, yeah. you, you you have to have logic because your opinion's only going to take you so far to where you just get pissed off and throw an insult and walk away, and you know, shut your shut your notifications off or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, ha- having a logical conversation is what gets stuff done, man. How do you think the game commission gets to where they're going? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's with the hunter. 
it's just it's agonizing sometimes. Like I said, sometimes you know you see these threads and these 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 comments, and you know half of it's entertaining, and the other half is just absolutely irritating. Yeah, yeah, disappointing in a way. You're disappointing, you know? yeah, yeah, because these are the people who we're supposed to be on the same team with. Yep, that's just you know, it. And I I sent you a uh, I sent you a, I think it was a, a a comment. Some guy just absolutely going out of his mind, and. Uh, <laughs> I think you, it was it was it was pretty comical. Sure. And, <laughs> you want me to do it? I think I could do it. Yeah, I think you, you, should, you, know I think you should read it. I'm, I'm gonna. I'll give everyone a heads up. If your kids are listening to it, just turn it off now. I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep the swears out of it anyway. Yeah, and before you do that, please understand that this is not representative of most hunters. No, <laughs> just this is just a small sampling of what's out there, and you know dropping knowledge on y'all so we this was a comment that we stumbled upon uh on one of the threads about moving opening day to saturday yeah and and, and there's so many of them out there i mean it really blew up this last week you know there must have been a dozen sites out there that had comments on it sometimes multiple comments on one site about it and it really went kind of bananas, which is, again, what stimulated a lot of the first part of this yeah. co- podcast kind of derived. So, so <clears throat> in this, your best, you know. This, this good gentleman, he, uh, <laughs> this was his response to Saturday hunting. And I, I'll read it as it reads with uh, the punctuation. The expletives, I'll, I'll bleep them out. Yeah, the punctuation to... or lack thereof. Well, that's what, that's what really sets it off. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one giant run-on, and it, you can't even call it a sentence because it's barely a logical thought. Yeah, it's pretty much, um, yeah. Good. I'm just going to stop talking. I'm yeah, let me, <clears throat> a dramatic reading. Indeed. Let me make sure I have teeth in the tongue, tip of the lips. <laughs> I got to sit back over with the microphone. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Just let the... F- season along the way it was it's a tradition that that's have more respect for the animals instead of going two weeks straight non-stop animals don't even get a break if you (laughs) want to do something once you change the (laughs) doe season back to three days and take the (laughs) dmaps away they can't do that (laughs) (laughs) it kills me every time you do (laughs) it's just (laughs) It's just so ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I'm I, crying. I, I, I'm crying. You know what? He was he was mirroring the words of somebody opposed to the Saturday <laughs> opener, but he just wasn't stringing the the complete thought together. You know, listen, I commend his passion. But I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if if, if these were interviews, yeah, and it it were the news, that's, he'd be the one wearing that's the umbrella the guy hat. That would make it. That's the guy that they would put on the news. You know? Absolutely. And, and that's the kick. Now, again, not, not everybody was like that. But unfortunately, there was a large majority of people out there that that was it. That was their statement, you know, ballpark. Yeah. And it was it was disheartening. Uh, but, again, there was a number of, of people out there who had really solid, you know, statements. And more so in support of the move. But it wasn't just because, well, you know, I need more time because I work too much. It was a well-thought-out response in regard to conservation. And, you know, 
opening up opportunity for new hunters, yeah. for current hunters, for, you know, just really outlining and highlighting the positives of what would come from moving it from Monday to Saturday. Yeah. You know, like we said earlier, you know, you and I grew up in the Pennsylvania woods. We get the tradition side of it. The The problem is, is, you know, like, as again, I, I said it earlier, is the, the economics and the biology of wildlife conservation could give a rat's ass about your, yeah. you know what I mean, your traditions. Your, your feelings, your traditions, it doesn't it, matter. It does not. And, and I'm okay with that, of my traditions and my feelings. I'm okay with it because yeah. I see the bigger picture. I see the forest for the trees. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, I mean, to me, somebody who doesn't usually hunt the first day of rifle season, I might go sit now if I still have the tag. Without having to take off a day, sure. and, and now I'll go to work on Monday. You know, I'll I'll enjoy the first day, and then you know Sunday I'll chill, and then Monday I'll go to work. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Sunday hunting. Listen, I don't need Sunday hunting to be a thing. I'm fortunate to It'd where nice. I have. It would be nice. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I'm fortunate to have a schedule and a very supportive wife and family to where I can go on a Thursday. I can go on a Friday. I can go on a Saturday. I don't need Saturday or Sunday yeah. rather to be a thing, but I understand the value of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? For others. The- I understand the value as a whole for the hunting community. I understand the value to the conservation side of it. I understand the value to the economic side of it. So, you know, that's why I'm for it. Not yeah. because I need to hunt Sundays. The arguments against it are, are just as shallow as the arguments against the Saturday opener. And Agreed. And, and, and it can almost be lumped into the same argument, to be honest with you, because it's so similar. And, and yeah. like Give you said, the, the arguments, the pros, the cons. The deer need a break. You know what I mean? They need to chill. And what, what do you think they're, they're going to do? They're going to, uh, like... Let their hair down, or, or like you know, go yeah, go get their hooves done, or like what what do you think's happening? Uh, you, do you think that the like the predators take hey, a break off, too? It's off limits. S- Sundays are off limits for the coyotes and the they have just as and, equal you know, an opportunity to meet their demise. On makes Sunday. no difference. Yep. Yeah. They're always on alert. They don't just chill out on Sundays and. Like, all right, no hunters in the woods. We can kind of relax. We can just kind of let our guard down and screw the wind. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Mother Nature doesn't work that way. And, you know, it, it, it's it's just a null and void argument. And it, there's just so many poor arguments out there that would sound like valid arguments to someone who doesn't spend time in the outdoors and doesn't understand the way the natural order works. But, you know... In my opinion, those people don't matter. No. If you're not going to be out there yeah. taking part in it, then you have no say. As un- unpopular as that may seem, that's just how I feel. I mean, listen, if you want to get out there and spend the money and, and put forth the effort, then you've got to say. But if you don't, if you've never bought a hunting license in your life, then what the hell business do you have right. putting your two cents in? Right. That's Pretty just much. my opinion on that. Yeah. Where we at here? We're at almost an hour and forty-five minutes. Oh, no hour kidding. and forty minutes. This we're is, killing it tonight, man. Yeah, we're this on has a roll. been a uh, yeah, yeah, agreed, man. This is probably I think this is the longest podcast. Oh, by we far. have ever been on. Yeah, by far. And you know, <laughs> there's two topics we didn't even touch on. I know, we, right? We planned on. No, you're right. You're right. Well, you know what? We got fifteen minutes before we hit two hours. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- there's a lot of podcasts out there that are two hours long. Geez, I've I've listened to some that are three plus. And, and you know the, we could pick either either topic, and they're they're both doozies. Not. I'm gonna give you uh I'll give you the floor. Oh man, so we're in your home, dude. Who do? I, what group do I want to lay the hammer down first? <laughs> the the one that's really uh bothering me lately that's going to be it's going to be unpopular it's going to be an unpopular opinion but i don't know maybe maybe i'm soft i don't i don't know i don't know that i saw so we'll start it this way i saw um somebody in an ohio hunting group posted a picture well a video of a deer mm-hmm. that had its antlers caught in a uh, some kind of netting and a rope, and it was stuck to a tree, and it was flopping around, and it, it had a broken leg. One of its legs was flopping along behind mm-hmm. it. And uh, on the other side of the tree, there was a, a deer laying there that I think died the same way. It was laying there. You could see it laying on the ground. It expired. From, yeah. Yeah. And the first thing I, that I, I noticed when I was looking at the comments were all the people who uh, – who were outraged that this guy was standing there taking a video of the deer stuck in the net. Mm-hmm. They were saying, well, how, how, why aren't you helping this deer immediately? Why are you even stopping you. to yep, take yep, a video? I know where you're going, yeah. You know, you should right away, your first instinct should be set the deer free. Intervene, yeah. You know, give the deer its justice, you know, be fair. Mm-hmm. And my mind instantly connected that with something that's been bothering me. And I know, I know people are going to give me crap for this. Why do trappers feel the need to walk up to coyotes or whatever in a trap and film it and take selfies? And like, it's bad enough that the animal, you know, you, you got him. He's stuck in the trap. I understand predator control. I'm for it. If you want to trap, trap. You know, finish it off. Yeah. Finish it. There's no reason that the animal should be in the trap for any longer than it needs to be. Yeah, you know? prolong it. Well, I, that, I understand. Yeah. I mean, that that to me is cruel. I don't think it's ethical. You're, you're sitting there take, taking a selfie with the thing. I, I saw it was, uh, maybe I should have named names. It was a it was a TV personality, mm-hmm. um, who does a lot of trapping in the Midwest, and they had a picture of a coyote latched onto his boot. I know exactly who you're talking you, about. You know who I'm talking yeah, about, absolutely. and you know what? Oh, it was a big I was viral thing. Just thinking about this, you know I, what? As you were talking, I was thinking about the same damn thing. You know, good for that coyote. Like, why not? Yeah, you no, know, oh, I got was, too close. Yeah, uh, you didn't have was, to get that. It was you totally didn't have to be staged. Yep. No, I know. You exactly. didn't have to be anywhere near that. You get mm-hmm. a couple feet away, you finish the coyote off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's cruel. That's and that's all there is to it. And and people are gonna say, oh, what? Well, you don't have any any like disregard for coyotes. I, I mean, they're still living creatures, and yes, they have to be controlled. They they don't have any natural predators mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania or anywhere really. Mountain lions, maybe, in in states that have mountain lions, or, right. but even then, mountain lions probably aren't hunting coyotes. They're not interested, right? 
there, there, it, there's easier prey out there. And, and that's it. Listen, you know, I'm 100% with you. If, you know, there's a lot of coyotes in our area. We, yeah. We, there's not a lot of guys hunt them around here. And hunting, again, is pro- the number one conservation tool, in my opinion. And trapping, too. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against trapping. Nor am I. Nor am it's I. It's just. I don't do it, but mainly because I don't have the time. Yeah. I just I just don't have time to do it. Um, and, and the guys who do do it and they do it well, I have a tremendous amount of respect for it because it's not an easy thing. No. In fact, it's probably tougher than hunting because you're you're kind of held to a timeline. I mean, you have to check that trap line almost daily. And and that's an, another thing. How many people are getting away with not checking that? Oh well, who knows? You know what I mean. I just. <laughs> That's. I mean, w- with my schedule, I can never get away with it. That's I can why never I never trap. It. That's why I don't do it. I don't have the time um, to to be, you know, ethical or efficient. But you know, to you know, I there was jeez, uh, I, I wish I could remember who it was that was talking about it. And you know, they were guiding a hunter, and there was a pack of wolves that were. They were killing an elk, and the hunter that was with this guide had said, aren't you going to stop it? Aren't you going to do something? He's like, why should I? Why is the elk better than the wolf? The wolf doesn't have a just as right to live as the elk? Like, how do you make that decision? Who, who, who are you or who am I to make the decision to who lives, who eats, who dies? It's not our place to make right. that decision. You know, to to intervene, if you will. Yeah. So you know, it's it's the same thing with the coyotes. Listen, dude, I I don't like to see the turkey population decimated. I don't like to see the fawn no. population decimated. But listen, black bears will eat a fawn just as quick as a coyote will. Bobcats are relentless killers. I mean, they yeah. they're just absolutely efficient predators. Um, you know, and you don't hear you don't see as much hate and despise for bobcats as you do coyotes you see a coyote post and 50 percent of those comments are kill that son of a bitch you know what i mean and you know kill them all and it's like man the 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 freaky ones are the ones with the people saying like going into dens and wanting to put like pups and burlap bags and drown them and you know that yeah i haven't seen any of that myself personally pups yeah and you know well, when you're I a mean, dog it, lover, it, when, it's, it's if tough you to... use, if you if we lose our our empathy, then we're going to be in a bad way. Indeed, you know, you, you still have that's to a, have a good empathy. statement. You know, it, and it's I don't know. I just I just don't get it. I I, I understand the value of trapping. Mm-hmm. I'm not against trapping. I'm gonna. Right. I, I don't know how emphatically I can emphasize that, but we don't have to drag it out. No, I and, agree. and we don't have to and, be savages about it. Just to, be efficient about it. To, to play devil's advocate, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who are just as proud of the fact that they caught their, whether it be their first coyote or their 50th coyote, yep. as the person who has the, you know, Palomino trout flopping on the bank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we, we've gone through this before as well. You know, there there's a certain level of tact that we need to um, display when we're doing stuff like this. Because again, if you're shooting a picture to your buddy, it's one thing. Yep. But when you put it in a public forum, 
even though it's a closed group or what have you, if you don't think that there's people in these closed groups that are, you know, right. looking to take lurking. advantage yeah. or, you know, lurking, like you said, just waiting for that opportune moment to snatch that screenshot. And, yeah, I mean, and, you don't think, like, for example, you don't think PETA has a, a social media marketing department and they definitely sit there all day sc- scanning these groups, scouring the internet, trying to find absolutely something to use, tr- right. trying to find a story, trying to find somebody doing something wrong. No, and, and you're absolutely right. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to say we need to be on the defense all the time no. and we have to run and hide and this and that kind of shit. No, that's not that's not it. But, you know... We have to use a certain level of common sense. And again, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I'm probably going to get bashed as well for, for, for my statements. But, you know, it. I get it. You know, there's a certain level of pride when you put forth the effort of going out there and setting a trap line and being successful in that. Man, there's a certain level of of pride that might overshadow, I don't want to say common sense, but you know, um, uh, more reasonable decision. Is, is is that coming off right? I don't know. I mean, if it, if it were me and I was into trapping and I had the time to do it, I think I would rather dispatch the animal immediately and then set it up. Like if I was going to take a mm-hmm. picture of it, set it up, still in the trap, clean it up. I mean, just like you would with a deer. You want to clean up your deer and I mean, you know, most people don't do that either. But right. either way, set it up, take a good picture of it in the trap. I mean, it, it's just as good. You don't right. have to take a video of the thing it's alive in the trap. Yeah, it's I prolonging get prolonging the fear and the anguish and that kind of thing. I get it. You know, and, and some people might just say, you know what, screw it. Coyotes are the devil and um, I got the devil inside of me. I'm yeah. going to kill that coyote, you know. Yeah. And, and that's just it, you know, and then, they, hey, whatever, man, teach their own. But that's just, you know, un, uh, that's just the opinion of two guys sitting in the basement talking into some microphones. That's it. We're not right. We're not wrong. We we have our opinions just like the people who will continue to post the videos of the coyotes in the games. Indeed. Yeah, and, and that's it, you know. But, hey, listen, that's what we're here for. We're here for to let you know what we think, how we think, and, you know, if you like it, great. If you don't, let us know. We'll be happy to have a discussion with you because who knows? We may be wrong. Yep. But we're from Pennsylvania. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Highly doubt it. Can't confirm. <laughs> on that note, we're creeping up on two hours here, my friend. Yeah, this is our longest one yet. We titled it correctly. Hot buttons. I'm <laughs> riled. No kidding, man. Jeez, I'm angry at myself by the time we get to the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think that'll do it. Um, I think that our next podcast will have a guest. Either way, I it mean, very well may. We we've been trying to line it up for next Friday. We're shooting for it, and we'll see if we could uh, nail the guest down. I, I've been playing with this idea of uh, kind of getting people to guess at the guest. The guest, All right. guest. All right. Guess the guest. Guess the guest. Yo, I have another idea. Uh, I don't know if I, uh, how how well it would go off, but we'll talk off camera, okay? Off, uh, off microphone, but yeah, I don't want all these people listening. I'm telling to you, us. we can't be dropping too many bombs on people. You know, we we'll have yeah. to set expectations, and then we're like, you know, held the stuff, and yeah, it's not my, it's not my bag. Well, with that, we're gonna end it. <laughs>
we're gonna end this uh, this crazy episode. It was a good Indeed. one. It, I, it, I, it I was. Mean, it was. And you know what? God bless you all for sticking with us for two hours because yeah, uh, that's a know, long podcast. Yeah. I I I don't know. I can't hundred percent say that I would have done it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would listen to me. All right. That'll do it for us. You will probably see us, or you won't see us. You'll hear us in a couple weeks. Indeed, we'll indeed. We'll be back with yep. episode three. Indeed. And please, again, check out the uh, that the tune that you're going to hear for the intro for this podcast. Again, please uh, don't hesitate. Go check it out. Download the song. Uh, help yep. assist out. Yep. Thebadlight.bandcamp.com. That's it, man. And the track is looking to Deal. I'll so, get after it. All right, we'll see you. Thanks again. Thanks.